Hello and welcome to the Learning That Stick podcast. I'm Mark Williams from GiraffePad, the learning platform for learning journeys. In this podcast series, I'm chatting with experts from around the world of learning development, exploring with them their magic ideas, their techniques, their magic source, if you like, for creating learning solutions that truly stick. In this episode, I have the pleasure of chatting with Claire Samuels from No Eye in Claire. And we are going to explore a subject that is not only her passion, but her expertise, which is bringing the use of drama and acting and comedy into learning interventions. Claire, thank you so much for joining me. Hey, Mark. Lovely to be with you today. Absolutely. I have been so looking forward to this. Um, now, before we get into the wonderful world of, of comedy and acting and how that supports learning, it would be great for the benefit of our listeners um, if you could give just a bit of a bit of a background as to how your career has evolved to this point uh, to date. Thank you very much, Mark. And when I think about that, thinking about my career, I think, wow, I'm nearly 47. And I'm sure as most people do at my age, I think, wow, where has that gone? So um, bless me, I started um, as a very little girl wanting to be an actor. It was exactly what I wanted to do. I loved performing, really, really loved performing. And then I was lucky enough to go to drama school. I spent three years at uh, Birmingham School of Speech and Drama and then um, made my merry way down to London to make my fortune. The first part happened. I made my merry way down there. And I've stayed there ever since. The fortune part, not quite. Um, yeah, and I started off as an actor, uh, Mark, which was great. And I did that for about 10 years, lots of theatre, the odd commercial, the odd very small part on things like Emmerdale, um, and then did loads of jobs in between. So I was a tour guide on the London buses and I worked in uh, TGI Fridays and behind bars. Um, and then after about 10 years or so, I, I was asked by a couple of organisations if I'd go and do some role play and do some corporate work, which was really, really new to me. And I'd go in to various companies and perhaps I'd be playing a customer. So if there was a customer service uh, training that was going on, I'd play a customer and then the people that were being trained would... Um, would be the people that um, were serving me. And I really loved this role play. I thought it was really interesting. Started to do more and more of it and then got really inspired by the person in front of the room. So the trainer, I'd always think, wow, how do they know that? That's really exciting. That's really interesting. And wanted to learn more about the psychology of human beings and why we do what we do and why we behave how we do. And so then I went to CIPD and I uh, became a trainer as well as an actor and as well as um, doing the role play. I'm also massively passionate about comedy. So I've done lots of stand up comedy and comedy gigs and played um, comedy characters in lots of different theatres around the country. And um, I know I'm going on now, Mark, but really, as you beautifully said, my three passions are acting, comedy and helping people uh, with their learning and development. So what I do now is I put all of those three things together and um, and deliver that through No Iron Claire. Listen, you're not going on too much at all there because it's, it's great <laughs> to get that sense of, of background. And, and this isn't someone who just was doing role plays as part of training interventions and took it another level. I mean, you've got all of those years backed up on the stage and, and on the screen to, to give that some, some weight. Now, I, I have actually attended a couple of sessions that you have, have run or certainly sessions where you brought drama and comedy in and been completely blown away by the impact of that. Um, I guess I'm intrigued, uh, maybe as a good starting point, to understand 
the use of it in learning is is like the chicken and the egg. Which, which comes first? Do people come to you for the learning intervention and then you start to talk to them about the use of drama and, and acting role play? Or does it happen the other way where you're almost renowned for bringing that in and then they look to work with you on the learning side as well? Yeah, great question. Uh, I think a little bit of both, probably more the latter. Um, but people have said, you know, we at the moment we've got a workforce of managers they're not very motivated. They're quite disengaged. We've had um, various change going on within the company and we'd really like to put them on a learning and development programme. We don't know what that is. Can we discuss? And then we can discuss. And, and part of that might be that we do bring actors in and do some skills practice or we have a, a masterclass where um, we use some comedic scenes, etc. So it can very much happen that way. Other people will just ring me up and say, Claire, we've got, <clears throat> we've got 80 managers going through a programme. We know that uh, they need coaching and they need some feedback training. We'd love you to do that using actors, using humour um, and using skills practice. That's interesting because that second part maybe answers this question. But just um, to bring it out for our listeners as well, because I, uh, as always, things like certain phrases we use in learning like role play or practice often set the shackles up people's backs or certainly there's sometimes some cynicism about is that just people having fun do you find you ever have to do much of a sort of PR job on bringing actors in and using comedy to support it uh, you know is that something that you have to do a lot of influence around yeah really great question I reckon Mark less so now and I don't know whether that is either because I'm more established in experience so people know more about the work I do and know that it works so they think oh no it's great we'll trust the process or whether it's more because we're opening up perhaps to lots of different learning intervention ideas and uh, and comedy and humour and acting might be one of those um I think what I always make really clear is even though we band around that word role play, what we're actually doing with, with so if I had sort of eight managers in front of me, I'd be saying we're not doing role play today. We you know we're spending the morning looking at uh, the grow model, for example, in terms of coaching. And then this afternoon, we'll put you into small groups and we're going to either call it real play or we call it skills practice. Where Fred, you're, you're the manager there, Fred, and you're just being Fred. You're not acting. You're not being somebody else. It's not a fake scenario. You're just you, Fred. I'm doing all the acting. That's why you've got professional actors in. And I'll play your direct report. Um and, and what also I'll do, Mark, as well, to help that process is I might give them a couple of days uh, to think about it. So they've got some pre-work. There's a beautiful template with lots of questions on there, which would say, um, so, Fred, what's this conversation about? Uh, what do you want to give feedback on or what do you want to coach your direct report on? What are some of the behaviours that you get back? What do things do these people say? Uh, what personality type is the character, etc. So already the act has got loads and loads of information about Fred's direct report. Also, Fred's really thought about it and he's invested time in it. So he's thinking, I do want to give it a go. And also, you know, we massively talk about the benefits that at the end of the day, Fred's going to go away having received some feedback on what it's like to be on the receiving end of Fred. And we can never buy that feedback, Mark, because we never tell each other, do we? We never say, oh, in that meeting, when you said this, it made me feel it's very, certainly not in that voice, we don't say it. But um, we rarely, we rarely, um, we rarely do that. And it's so powerful. 
and people sometimes do dread it or they don't want to do it they will also go away at the end of the day going wow that, that's been so powerful and I've met people 10-15 years later in organisations that say gosh Claire you won't remember but we met 15 years ago in a nice hotel in Hampshire we did some skills practice and I've always remembered what you said about etc so I don't know if that answers that question. <laughs> I think it answers that question. I'm the next two I was probably going to ask. As well. <laughs> so one the thing that was going around in my mind to get you to elaborate on, which I think you just have, is that what is it about? Because on the one side, what you've just described is taking whatever we call it, real play practice, role yeah. play, anything like that. It's about taking that part of their learning really seriously. So you talked about the preparation, the questioning, the, the pre-work, the reflection, the quality of feedback that comes afterwards, which means... This isn't just something that someone uses half an hour for in a training session. Oh, quick, let's just do some practice on it. It's a well-thought-through exercise. So that immediately equates to sticky in my mind. Mm. Um, the question I was going to ask is, what, what is it that makes potentially using someone external like yourself as a, as, a, as a trained actor, an accomplished actor, that much more sticky than one of their colleagues, for example, or someone who's close to the business and knows exactly what's going on on a day-to-day basis and working with them? Yeah, great. Really great question. And and I think it can work in both camps. So, um, for example, I've worked for a massive energy company that we worked with for a couple of years. And uh, we started off going in as the active facilitators and did some workshops. And then they they had a great L&D team of six internal trainers. And we worked with them really, really closely for three months so that they ended up facilitating the sessions. And yes, they still use two of us as actors, but, but we worked with them so that they could facilitate those sessions really well using the actors. Because again, it's not... Um, it's not a case of I'm the trainer here are the actors, you know, let's crack on. The the trainer has to really facilitate some of those important exercises and activities, uh, particularly if we're doing forum theatre, for example, which, which I'm sure we'll come on to. So um, I don't think there's a, the, one is better than the other. I think they've both got massively got their own value. So I think with the internal L&D team, they know that they know the... Um, the organisation really, really well. They know their people. They know what works. It's fantastic if they can train the sessions themselves and use 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 actors to support them. Is really, really good. And again, as as you know, very often we'll go into organisations and they say, "Oh, do you know, it's so nice to get a fresh pair of eyes. It's lovely to get your thoughts on what we're doing and how we're doing." And sometimes, if we're dealing with more sensitive subjects, then it's really good to have somebody external um, that we, they that they can talk to us confidentially. So I think both work really well. Yeah, I guess that last bit makes a lot of sense. As someone outside of the organisation who's not not linked in any way psychologically with with the connections and the managers and the directors or their line managers, whatever it might be, um, your your mind might well be more open to the feedback that comes from that individual who's who's played that uh, team member, whoever it might be, in your interactions, might be more open to the feedback there. Yeah, absolutely, 100%. And when we were talking there about the internal L&D team uh, delivering it, then that's what they do. They deliver it and they're the trainer, but they'll still use our actors to go in. I wouldn't recommend learners. I wouldn't recommend L&D internal trainers or any trainer really wanting to do role play or skills practice or real play, whatever we're calling it today. Yeah. Be- only because I think that's when it can get difficult and awkward 
because you need to have the skills of, of acting and to be able to portray those characters really realistically. And you need the skills to, the training skills to think about, okay, they just said this, they've asked me a closed question, I've got to say no. I've also got to remember to feedback that that's why I said no, et cetera. And it's a really, really hard thing to do, to do the acting and to do the, the feedback. And I think it does take 20 something years of, of practice and um, experience to be able to really nail that. And it would be very difficult for a trainer who's not spent years training to be an actor, I think, to try and do both. Yeah, do you know that I was going to ask that question. So when I'm assuming that the actors you use, you've got a team of people that you work with with regularly um, who would come to you with years of experience in acting. On the feedback side, is that something you have to work with them on? Does it come naturally to someone in acting? Do you, is it something that feedback is a natural way of interacting? Is that a skill that you have to develop with them? Absolutely, the latter. 100% have to develop with them. And being an actor myself, I feel I can say this, but very often actors are very me, me, me. And so actually to say to an actor, okay, this isn't about you at all. This is all about the learner. It's all about them. We've really got to learn these um, skills in giving feedback can be really difficult and really challenging. And um, it's something that I spend years and years with the team developing those skills. And we have lots of workshops together and self-development time together where we can practice with each other and get really, really good at it. And, um, you know, very often the more experience the the actors have had in the corporate world uh, delivering these sessions, the, you know, the more brilliant they get as with everything. Absolutely. And do you find, I mean, being the, the the real play element of this, the practice, even uh, however much you put them at ease, however much preparation that goes in there, for certain individuals, this is always the most challenging part of learning because it's not passive anymore. You know, you're actually in there. You're likely to be um, quite possibly making mistakes because you're stretching your skill set and and might well be exposing that in front of your peers. Um, bringing in the sense of, of external actors, which raises the bar somewhat. You know, this is a very serious part of this intervention. That might be fun, obviously. Do you get much, find you come across much pushback on that? Do you find that people are resistant to go that far and really practice their skills? I think role play's got a reputation mm. for that. And I think it's very much down to, as, as you all know this more than anybody, is very much down to how you frame everything and how everything's positioned and what the relationship is like. And, you know, we, we could spend a morning um, with the actors in the room performing scenes where the uh, the delegates are passive and then there's lots of interaction where they might be able to ask questions to the actors, but those actors will be doing most of the work we can have three or four hours building rapport, building trust. You know, in the coffee breaks, we're all chatting to each other. Um, we've got empathy for one another. So by the time it might get to half past one, where we start to do the skills practice, a huge amount of empathy and love and rapport and support has been built up in the room. And again, Mark, it's all about how we frame that session. So giving the whiff him the what's in it for me, selling the benefits of the session, having told them way in advance that we're going to do it, um, having them met the actors, having built rapport and trust. And 
And so, no, I don't get a lot of resistance. I know that there is resistance with role play. I've heard about it many times. And I think if, if you said to a right, everybody, a bit like David Brent, isn't it? Today we're going to be role play. Right, Tim, who do you want? Get up. No, don't look away. No, you've not given me any eye contact, Tim. So I'm going to pick on you. All of that, which is all, um, you know, very role play, David Brent in the office, isn't it? Yeah. Um, of course, that's not going to work for some people. And there may be elements of, of that out there in the field when trainers are trying to, to get people to do role play. I doubt it, Mark. Not not in not with our circles. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> not anybody we know. No. Um, but, um, but I, so I guess it's like anything, isn't it? To get people's buy-in and to build their trust. You know, people are only going to um to have trust with you if they know you, if they like you. So if I've had myself and my actors in the room for four hours and I'm getting resistance at half past one, I need to take a big look in the mirror and say, Claire, what are you doing wrong? Why are they not engaged? Why don't they want to do it? So I guess that's where we're at. If people were very, very um, anti-doing it, perhaps because, you know, under the Equality Act 2010, under disability or something around confidence, really anti it because of a medical condition, perhaps, then they've got every opportunity to let us know. And of course, we wouldn't even dream of um, dream of, of enabling that situation to happen, if that makes sense. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it's clearly all about setting this up properly and, and treating this part of the learning process um, in the way it deserves, rather than, like you said, just throwing it in, in all of a sudden. So we, we've looked at the idea of role plays. Um, but I'm imagining that's not the only part of learning that you would bring uh, the use of actors or drama to play to to get messages across. So, what what other ways do you you incorporate actors into into learning interventions that you run? Yeah, great. Thank you. So, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. That's maybe 25% of what we do is the is the skills practice element. Um, a huge amount of what we do, which I really believe is um, so incredibly effective, is what we call forum theatre. Um, so what might happen, for example, we would go into an organisation and we'd spend a couple of days in there doing um, a really good culture assessment of what's going on within the organisation, get to meet loads of people, uh, interview lots of people on the front line, managers, directors. You know, I, I get most of my... Um, culture assessment done, sitting in the canteen, you know, chatting to people, um, really finding it. The smoking shelter used to be brilliant. You used to find out so much. Um, sadly, everyone's given up. But back in the day, um, so so we would do we would do that and then we'd go away and let's say, for example, it's a management development course around around feedback. We'd go away and um, pop together a scenario. And I say pop together. That's ridiculous. Design and write and spend time really thinking about the organization. And we put together a scenario which has usually got some co comedy in there. And what it would be would be a manager who is giving feedback to their direct reports and would use the jargon and the processes and the culture um, from that organization and we would also in that scene mark reflect the behaviors that we're wanting to change so we're holding up this metaphorical mirror and if it's quite a tell culture um, we would have the manager being quite tell in that one-to-one -one. Um, so we'd put all those behaviors in there when we we're in the training room, the first thing we do, we would show the managers that scene. We could do it virtually or live to live with the two actors. And then we'd say, OK, team, the manager there, Bob, tell me what did Bob do well? 
And honestly, Mark, it's one of the most incredible things, I think, to engage people. I've never seen people so um, quick to want to talk, to put their hand up, to want to give us their opinions and thoughts. And immediately they say, Bob should have done this. He should have done that. That was wrong. That was wrong. The other person looked upset. I can't believe Bob would do that, etc. So we start to already have this list of the behaviours that we're wanting to change, but it's all come from them. So how amazing. We never even need to say to them, this is what you need to do. We just do it all through the characters. And then we will chat to Bob and they've got the opportunity to say, come on, Bob, why were you like that? Or they can give Bob some feedback. We can also hear from the other person as to what it was like to be on the receiving end of Bob. Then learners have opportunities to go away in breakout rooms, come up with recommendations and strategies for Bob. And then they'll come back in. We can then start to introduce some really nice models that we might want to use, Mark. So some coaching models or feedback models, difficult conversations models, depending on what we're looking at. Um, And then they will give their recommendations to Bob, which is wonderful, particularly if it's feedback. I may have spent an hour with them looking at a feedback model. And then I'll say, great, you've got your recommendations. Give them back to Bob, but do it in the style of aid or boost or do it in the style of the model. So then we're giving feedback to the delegates on the way that they gave feedback to Bob about how he gave feedback to his direct report. So you have to be on the ball, Mark. It can get quite confusing.com. And it just creates such an exciting um, forum of engagement and support and fun and learning. Bob receives his feedback and then we go into the forum theatre part, which is where we say, "Okay, team, you've given Bob the tips, the techniques, the models. You've told him what he needs to do differently. We'll replay the scene. If you see Bob doing anything that you think you need to do differently, shout out stop. We'll stop the action. Uh, You can talk to Bob. You can tell him what he needs to be doing differently. Uh, We can rewind it. We can pause it. We can play it. We can stop it. Sorry, Sandra, we can't fast forward it to lunch. Uh, So all of those. And then we might spend an hour really putting those behaviours under the microscope and we look at body language, tone of voice, the words that we use, NLP, powerful, positive, persuasive language, etc. So that when that time is up, um, we may have stopped Bob five or six times, but we've got to a place where the other person's feeling loved, valued, supported, comfortable. Also, when we stop it, we can say to the other person, um, so what's happening? What's happening? How are you feeling? And then that actor will brilliantly give feedback and summarise what's happened so far. And well, I felt really devalued, demotivated and disengaged because he asked me three or four questions, but he didn't give me the opportunity to speak. He talked over me. There were closed questions. So I was just asking yes or no. He didn't give me any empathy. He was staring at his phone, et cetera, et cetera. That I mean sounds an incredibly powerful process. And and whilst you were describing that, it was reminding me of one of the times when I have seen you in action, should we say? Uh, and it was very much in that forum theatre size mode. And what I remember particularly as well is, and and whether this was intentional, just seamlessly your way of doing this and, and your colleague's way of doing this, but you brought a lot of comedy to this process as well. Um, and it feels to me like this forum theatre way of doing things is very well suited to bringing comedy. I mean, you were even bringing comedic like little comments as you were describing what you were doing there. How does that go down well when you're working with some corporate beam-offs and, uh, you know, going through certain very, very challenging skills like giving feedback and difficult conversations? It just goes down brilliantly, Mark, really brilliantly. And I think sometimes what we can do in life is we make assumptions, don't we? And sometimes when we think about the big corporates and the big financial services and the people in their suits, 
sometimes that makes us feel because we're using those words you know everything and we use the word professional which is comedy because professional Mm -hmm. to me means I think something very different to what other people might think professional means um and so I think we, we're thinking all those big grand words. So, of course, then people think well, we've got to be serious. We've got to have our slides. We've got to be all in the corporate colours, which perhaps they have. But, you know, I've got to look smart. I've got to have my suit on. I'm in a professional environment. And, and, it's, and to me, humour is global. Every person loves humour. It doesn't matter whether you are CEO for a big corporate or you're a clown. Um, Humour is absolutely fantastic. And there's so many stats around um, humour and comedy, helping people to learn, helping people to engage. And even neuroscience tells us that humour actually activates the brain's dopamine reward system. Um, And that's really, really important for goal-orientated motivation and for long-term memory. Um, even some uh, research I was reading the other day was telling us that viewers of humorous news shows, for example, if I got news for you, they actually um, exhibit higher retention of the news facts than those people who get their news from newspapers or the normal news channels. So it goes down an absolute treat. You know, I'm a huge believer that um Laughter is a strong medicine. It really draws people together. Um, It actually triggers physical changes in the body, emotional changes in the body. Laughter strengthens our immune system. Um, It uh, protects us from the damaging effects of stress, all sorts of things. I'm very passionate about it, as you can see. And, and And the main thing about why it works so well in this environment, Mark, is because one of the reasons that we laugh so much, whether that's watching a TV show, a sitcom in a comedy club, our mates making us laugh, it's that recognition. So it's when, oh, yeah, I do that. I feel that. So when I'm showing them that first scene right at the beginning, when I've spent time in their business, when I'm reflecting their behaviours we want to change and doing it in a humorous way, they go on, they're cringing, going, no, I do that, I've said that. And we're bringing that humour out because that recognition that recognition is there and, and people love it and it, it breaks down those defences. So, you know, my thing is if I've got 12 senior leaders in front of me all in their suits, looking serious, thinking they're having a boring day's training, I'll spend the first 10 minutes having real fun with them and, um, you know, getting some humour out of all of us so that we're, we're breaking those defences down and we're starting to um, start to think about how we can work together and less as an individual, which is what laughter does. It's, it's like the epitome of sticky learning, basically. It's it, like you said, all the research is there, all the science is there. And what, I think there's two things you just mentioned right at the end there, which makes so much sense. Is that combination, it, I, I love this idea of this theatre forum because on the one side, rather than straight away them being put in that slightly vulnerable position of, of, of having to talk about themselves, what they're doing, they're seeing someone else elicit those behaviours, which is a much safer place to be to acknowledge. Because I, I, I might be saying I do that, but I'm kind of pointing at you or your your fellow actor, aren't I? Which is easier. And and the comedy element of it takes away all that seriousness and means we can just address it and, and, and have fun talking about it, I guess. I'm going to put you on the spot now, Claire, because I, I imagine with all the years you've been doing this, you've got some fabulous war stories of some amazing theatre form events or, or real play that you've done. Share with us a particular, like one of the moments where something really amazing happened with this. So it it brings it to life for our audience. That's putting you right on the spot. (laughs) I know. (laughs) But you must have a great story to share. Yeah. I mean, I spent many years um, within the rail industry. 
and we did a lot of lot of work around conflict management and working a lot of different talks, so different train operating companies around the UK. And we were up doing some work up in Scotland and um, we we're doing conflict management training. And very often on the railway, um, the, the drivers, certainly back in the day, uh, were renowned and not anymore. So if there's any train drivers listening, we love you dearly. And uh, you do an exceptional, you really do do an exceptional job in keeping us safe and getting us ready to be. So thank you. But they were renowned very much for, I've got a job to do. It's very serious. You know, my main thing today is that I don't get spad. So that's a signal pass at danger. You know, I get people from A to B on time. I, I've got my uniform on and I'm concentrating on that. And it's, as you can imagine, a massively responsible job. So they might be walking to get in their cab. And seven or eight people on the platform might say, excuse me, can you help me with this? What time's this? What time's that? Because they see the uniform and all they're thinking is, I just want to get into my cab and crack on. And they had very often as well in the railway, certainly five, 10 years ago when I was, was working, immersing myself there, um, you belong to the railway family and most drivers have been there 25 years, 35 years. So, you know, years of experience, absolutely phenomenal. And so I remember this one particular occasion, Mark, I had eight, eight Scottish drivers, senior drivers, right up in, in, in the north of Scotland. And they were and they were all in their 50s and they were um, very, very experienced. And yes, they were having a nice day out of the office. And yes, they had chicken goujons were nice. Uh, but other than that, and they had their flask and they were having a rolly out, out the back. And so everything was fine. But they looked at me, maybe it was 10 years ago, so I was a lot younger. But then they were, oh, they eat lassie. And what do you think you can teach me about conflict or customer service? I, know, I mean, they did it in a Scottish accent. Um, but they were really like, what are you going to tell me, lassie? Who do you think you are? Blah, blah, blah. And I was going, well, it's great that, that, that you know, it's really good that, that that's how you feel because we're, we're supposed to be here for six hours. So because, you know, you, you're going to give me all the answers, we'll be done in 10 minutes, etc. So, of course, we started it and then I brought the actors in and we did some forum theatre and we showed some scenes between a driver and a and a, and a quite difficult member of the public that they, you know, that they had to deal with, et cetera. And they got so involved and they had to actively get up and they had to... Um, well, they didn't have to, but they actively wanted to get up. And they said, well, let me have a go. Let me talk to the customer. Let me do it. And because, of course, they, they are so um, practical and so hands-on, they were just getting involved. They were loving it. They were having the humour. By the end of the day, they were demonstrating fantastic best practice in conflict management and customer service. And they all said at four o'clock, and it was it was almost emotional at the time, because they all said, do you know what? In 35 years of having to attend so much training, this is by far the best training day we've ever had. We're going to take stuff away. You know, we've talked about stuff today I've never even thought of in terms of how people behave and how the words that we say and our body language has such an impact on other people. And, you know, and it blew their minds. And that was incredible. And I think I added up the experience in the room that day. It was something like they had 310 years experience between them. And yet my little six hours, I must stop doing that, saying little, <laughs> um, my six hours that I did with them, Mark, really had that impact. It's not little six hours, your powerful six hours of very sticky learning experience. That's it, very, very, I'm going to say that. My powerful my powerful six hours of very sticky yeah. learning had a great impact. <laughs> say that with a, a couple of glasses of gin in you. That's it, man. No, um, I, I, I love stories like that. And that that's just testament to to your approach and your ability to to transform their learning experience or their minds that can accept that. 
Um, I'd love to listen to more stories, but actually what, I, it, what it made me realise is a lot of what we've talked about, and I can visualise it, I can imagine you in the room with, with other actors, and I've seen who you work with, <clears throat> and how powerful that is. How has that translated over in the last year or two with us obviously having to operate much more virtually and obviously maybe not having the power of you being in the room with the flexibility that that provides? You know, how, how has that worked in terms of you, the use of drama, the use of acting and comedy in the, in the sessions? Well, Mark, before COVID, 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 however you wish to say it, before COVID-19, if you said to me in February the 1st, 20, if you said to me February the 1st, 2020, and Claire, I'd love you to do some training for me, Claire. Uh, is there any chance you could do it virtually? I, um, this, is, this is my response. Oh, Mark, I'm so sorry. Um, I, I don't do virtual. don't really know how it works. Don't do it. It would never work, Mark. It's all, you've got to have us in the room, darling. You've got to feel the, feel the presence. You've got to, you know, feel the electricity, et cetera. Never going to work over screen. Thanks for the call. Anyway, let's have a coffee one day. That would be on February the 1st. On May the 1st, if you'd asked me that, I, oh, absolutely, would be delighted to do virtual. And honestly, I talk about assumptions and, you know, everything opens my mind. This blew my mind. It, it, we've, I totally, a lot of my clients, 95% of my clients said, Claire, we still want you to come in. We still want you to bring the actors in. We still want the interactive experiential training. Please, can you do it virtually? Because we've got our learners and they're all going to be from their individual homes around Europe. Um, so I very, very, very quickly, as we all had to adapt and change, there was a saying, wasn't there? Was it pivot? It was something like pivot or, well, yeah, something like that, pivot. I had to pivot very quickly, Mark. Um, but within four weeks, I had been on intensive courses with Zoom. I'd learned how it worked. I'd trained my actors up. I'd sorted out the breakout rooms. And we were delivering as um, really, three or four times a week still, really busy. And we did it all on Zoom. Occasionally teams, not so great, but it, only for me. It was a great experience for everybody else. Tim, teams has got its own um, foibles. Mm. Um and it was brilliant because and I had people on there, Mark, some of the more introverted learners that had seen me before live. And they actually said, Claire, I love it. I prefer it because the breakout rooms, you're actually in a breakout room and there is nobody else there. So you're in much smaller groups of two or three people. People can have intimate conversations, private conversations. Uh, they absolutely love that. People don't have to leave their home. So if they've got childcare, et cetera, everything's so much, you know, to go and get the kids at four o'clock if the training's finished, it's so much easier. Uh, but from a dramatic point of view, which is what you asked for, it works amazingly well. What we tend to do when we do the scene is we get everybody else to turn their cameras off and mute themselves. And the two actors will do their scene and you can spotlight them. So it's a bit like watching a film. Um, then people can go into their breakout rooms, which is great to come up with recommendations. The forum theatre is great. We just get everyone to unmute themselves and they shout stop, which we can hear. Um, and it works an absolute treat. Um, as well, I would say, is as face-to-face, -face, uh, particularly for skills, practice and forum theatre. Uh, it works really, really well. You know, what works beautifully at big conferences with 300 people is more about the atmosphere and the space and that the, you know, the theatre space is there and so the performance is bigger. Uh, but it works brilliantly. And now still, even though we're all back to work, I know there's new Omicrons come in recently. We're on November, the, you know, end of November. Uh, but still 85, 90% of my work is still online, even though we can go back face to face. So that leads me to probably one of the final questions to ask you is around 
you said at the very, very beginning, you headed off down to London to, <laughs> that was one thing. And the second thing was to make your fortune. Now, I'm sure like all good actors, you don't go out of bed for less than a million dollars. So, <laughs> you know, it's, I mean, the uh, whether it's virtual or in person, and, and again, like I say, having seen you uh, in, in the flesh, in operation, knowing how good and impactful you are, that isn't always going to be feasible for some organisations, some individuals, some setups. Um, is, is, does this work in a sort of pre-recorded way, you know, in terms of videos of what you create? Does, does that option, it might not be as impactful as the in the moment and the reactive way of stopping and starting, but does that kind of pre-recorded version of what you do work in the same context? Yeah, absolutely. It, it works really well. And I, I spend quite a lot of my work at the moment is making videos for various organisations and various training interventions. And what there's a couple of things that are really interesting about that. Again, um, really useful for me to spend a lot of time with that um, with that organisation to find out uh, specifically, you know, what do we want to happen as a result of these videos? Really important for me to either make very specific um, session plan notes. So whichever trainer is going to be showing the video, they've got some really, really good questions to ask. Um, so that's really key. And then what I really what I love to do, if, if it's possible, uh, particularly if it's an internal L&D team, I love to spend half a day with them and I will um, do a train the trainer just on the best way to get the most out of these videos. So the best, the best tools that we can use around it, the best questions to ask, the best activities, because very often we can get a video and we can show it as a train. And we go, oh, that was interesting. Well, so that's not a very good way of doing it, isn't it? So anyway, on with the day. Whereas actually you've got two hours of amazing discussions to have around a 60 second video. So it's just thinking about what those questions are. And um, yeah, and I work alongside, I can, I can, you know, sell the videos and then sell session plans alongside it. Yeah. So there is that option to take it. I mean, I still feel the, the in the moment interactivity is, is such a powerful part of that. And because because you're obviously trained actors, the ability to react in the moment and behave the way you've been directed to or to improve on something based on a comment is there. That's the point of using individuals like yourself, isn't it? But that is good to know that the the pre-recorded option is there if, if that's how, how people want to bring it in. Yeah, definitely. Uh, well. And then those videos are brilliant, which and this is right up your street because this beautifully sits with, with um, you know, one of your businesses. And um, those videos are great to send out for pre, pre-learning pre and you could send a video out of, of, of you know, of a conversation not going well and say, just have a think about what's the manager done etc and then when you meet the first thing you could do is have a discussion around that you can also have um you know a video going out after the learning's taken place to help keep the the learning alive etc so um it can be really useful one of my clients has got an app they've got their own internal app and my videos are on their app so they can just watch them at any time again which can be really useful yeah, and it's, uh, video is is so much more engaging than a than a than a word doc or a PDF or a slide deck that goes out, isn't it? It's something that people can get involved in, and I love the fact there's going to be a bit of comedy in there as well, possibly to yeah. to bring that out. Claire, I could talk to you about this for absolutely hours. Uh, <laughs> I love hearing your stories in there, and I can hear, I can see, and hear the comedy in you as you just describe these things to me. Um, and what's really good to know is this isn't just about having fun you know that classic phrase oh, we've got to make trading fun there's actually a lot of science behind it that just shows how this makes it so much more impactful and, and sticky uh, and and i think what you've done so well is 
it showcased why using professionals for this makes such a big difference. Uh, and this isn't something necessarily just to, to try on the fly um, and expect it to have the same impact. So I think I'm optimistic that quite a lot of our listeners will want to find out more about you, Claire. Where are they going to find you? Where are they tracking you down? Um, where's your, what's your website? Can they get hold of you on LinkedIn and all the rest? Yeah, just down on the street with the kids, Mark. That's where they can find me. <laughs> just look out of your window onto your street. Um, I'm loving your optimism, Mark Williams. Thank you very much indeed. Um, if you would like to get in touch with me, uh, please do uh, find me on LinkedIn, Claire Samuels. No, I am Claire, C-L-A-R-E. Um, so yes, I'm there on or on LinkedIn, as one of my characters says. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. My website, www.noiinclaire.co.uk. Uh, yeah, please do. Uh, my email's on there, my phone number. So, yeah, it'd be really, really lovely to hear from you. Thank you. Fantastic. Claire, thank you so much for today. Uh, that, that, just a brilliant introduction to how drama and comedy can really help learning stick. Um, and thank you to our listeners for listening in. Um, if you've enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating on your podcast app of choice. Uh, you can find me on LinkedIn as Mark Williams and GiraffePad should locate me. And if you've got any ideas or suggestions or questions for sticky learning that you want addressed in future episodes, please do let us know. For now, though, it's goodbye and thank you, Claire. Thanks so much. Thank you, Mark. Take care. Bye.